0: Thank you, Reverend Martha, for your children's sermon and for helping to organize those packets for our kids so that they can celebrate Advent wherever they are uh, during this season. Uh, you've heard the text read today. It's from Luke chapter 1 verses 5 through 20, and the title of the sermon is "Silence in the Season: uh, Silence in the Season." Uh, One afternoon, I was in the Ole Miss Theater Department scene shop, and the phone rang. I was the closest one to the phone, so I picked it up. On the other end of the line was a man who said that they were in need of a spotlight operator for a concert that was taking place in Tad Smith Coliseum that night, and the concert was Randy Travis and Alan Jackson. Now, uh, I uh, came to love country music because of Randy Travis. Well, that's sort of true. Actually, I came to love country music because the girl that I was dating loved country music because she loved Randy Travis. And so if this had been a Billy Ray Cyrus concert, I probably would have politely refused. Because that girl that loved Randy Travis and that ended up causing me to love Randy Travis and to love country music had broken up with me and given me an achy, breaky heart. But I still liked Randy Travis, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I will gladly go and be the spotlight operator for Randy Travis and Alan Jackson. They told me to come over to the Coliseum early so that we could have a run through of the, of the show, a rehearsal, if you will. After the rehearsal was over, they invited me to come and have dinner with the crew, uh, downstairs. And so I went and we're sitting around with the crew and all of a sudden, guess who walks in? Randy Travis and Alan Jackson. And they walk in and they go and they get themselves some food and they have a seat over nearby. And I couldn't help but stare at these two country music icons. Actually, Randy, uh, Alan Jackson was just becoming uh, known. He had Chasing That Neon Rainbow was his song out. Um, but I'm staring at them and it's because I'm staring at them that I realize that after they finished eating, Randy Travis is walking over to my table And so he walks over to the table and he says, I understand you're filling in for us on spotlight tonight. Thank you so much for doing that. And I opened my mouth to speak and it was one of those few moments where nothing came out. He said, uh, we're gonna go do sound check now. You're welcome to come in and join us for sound check if you'd like. And I again was speechless. I just kinda shook my head. Yes. And he kinda walks away and the guys that I was sitting with said, do you want to go to sound check? And I said, yeah, I do. And so we go out into the Coliseum and Randy Travis is up on stage and I'm sitting down there and all of a sudden he looks down to me and says, are you familiar with any of my music? and i said yes and he said would you like do you have a favorite song i'll be happy to sing it for sound check and i said yes my favorite randy travis song is promises it's a song about a girl that just breaks your heart uh, he played promises for sound check that day and i'm thinking who else gets this I mean, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The country music star asks me if I have a personal request, and I give it to him, and then he does it. Well, Zachariah, I had one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Maybe not quite as wonderful as being a spotlight operator for Randy Travis. I'll let you be the judge of that. The scripture lesson puts it this way, that Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth were both righteous. They were both blameless before the Lord. They were both upright in the sight of the Lord. And yet, as the Bible will tell us over and over again, just because you're blameless, just because you're righteous, just because you're upright in the sight of the Lord doesn't mean that you won't have some disappointments in life. And for Zechariah and for Elizabeth, the disappointment in their life was that they had been unable to have children. Now, when that girl who inspired me to like Randy Travis and country music ended up dumping me, my mother tried to comfort me by saying, well, Tommy, it just means that God has someone better for you out there. And I don't know if, uh, well, by the way, if you're an ex-girlfriend watching this worship this morning, I didn't mean that as a slam. I meant, you know, mom just thought that maybe there'd be somebody better for me. I'm sorry it didn't work out. But anyway, okay. so who am I kidding? They're not watching this worship service today. But 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 I wonder, did anybody ever try that line with Zechariah and Elizabeth? They've been wanting to have a child for their entire life. Was there any point that somebody walked up to them and said, you know what? I know you really want to have a child. I know you really want this to work out. But but maybe it's not going to happen that way because God has something better in store for you one day. I don't know. The scripture doesn't tell us that. And yet it does appear that that's exactly what God had in mind. I mean, because When when God ends up showing up in this situation, uh, what happens is so much better, so much greater than Zechariah and Elizabeth would ever have been able to imagine for themselves. Here's how it happened. Zechariah has had this once in a lifetime opportunity. It may not be so clearly obvious in the text, but here's the deal. There were like 24,000 priests during Zechariah's day, and he's one of them. There aren't enough religious holidays in the year for all of those priests to have opportunities to do what Zechariah has the opportunity to do in the scripture lesson this morning. Zechariah is chosen to go and to burn incense on the altar. It says he's chosen by lots. If you don't know what that means, imagine like pulling your name out of a hat. It's it's, it's very unlikely with 24,000 priests eligible for the opportunity that your name would be drawn. There were priests that went their entire lives and died and they never ever got this kind of opportunity. And yet Zechariah, Zechariah's name is chosen. And, and and the thing about it is once you're chosen, you're never able to do that again. They don't put your name back in the hat anymore. And so this is truly a once in a lifetime experience. For Zechariah, it is the greatest day of his life to be able to go into the temple, the house of the Lord, and to light that incense that day. It's truly a great day. And yet, what he thought made it was so great was just the beginning. He goes in there to light this Incense on fire on the altar of the Lord and the house of the Lord, and then all of a sudden an angel appears. Now, I don't know how you feel when you come to worship, whether or not you really expect God to show up and show out, whether you actually expect to encounter the holy, but I don't get the sense that Zechariah expected it that day. Because when he goes in there and he lights that temple, the incense in the temple of the Lord and the angel appears, he is overwhelmed with fear. He is Absolutely scared to death at what has happened. And the angel, after comforting him, after assuring him that there is no reason to be afraid, lets Zechariah know. That you thought the greatest part of this experience was going to be that you get to light the incense on fire. But I'm here to tell you that you are about to have the child that you've been praying for. And Zechariah looks at the angel and he has doubts. Apparently, uh, just because you're righteous and blameless and upright in the sight of the Lord doesn't mean that you won't have disappointments in your life. And it also doesn't mean that there won't be moments where you have a few doubts about what God might be up to in your life. And so when the angel tells Zechariah that this is what's going to happen, you are going to have a child. And not only are you, your promise of a child going to be fulfilled, but that this child is actually going to pave the way, be the precursor to the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ. And he is doubtful. He's like, I'm old, <laughs> And the angel responds to Gabriel's "I'm old" uh, to to Zechariah's "I'm old" with "I am Gabriel. I have been sent by God with this word for you. And and that, yeah, because you don't believe, you're going to be silent." You're not going to be able to talk again until what I have said actually comes to pass. And Zechariah is unable to speak for nine months. Now, it's important to note that during Zechariah's day, there were a lot of people that believed that God had gone silent on them. You know, there's this story about how the the Hebrew people were in bondage to the Egyptians. They were basically making the roads for Pharaoh's uh, cities and they cried out to God and God came and liberated them from their bondage. And God led them on a journey that would ultimately end up in the promised land. They had uh, fire and clouds that God dwelled in and God communicated with through the, those clouds and the fire. And when that stopped working, God began to speak in and through prophets. And and unfortunately, these people that had been liberated by God began to ignore the prophets and in some cases even kill the prophets. And so God had to try to find other ways uh, for them to to hear what God wanted to say, they still refused to listen. And ultimately, they began to become defeated by their enemies and being exiled all over the world. And they couldn't hear God anymore. They thought God had gone silent. And yet it wasn't that God had gone silent. What God really wanted for these people, these wayward people to do was just to lean in. When you're having trouble hearing something, that's what you do. You kind of lean in. You try to you try to sharpen your focus. You, you try to cut out all of the other noise that's going on in the world. You, you try to be more aware of what is going on within you and what is going on around you. And then maybe that's why Zechariah was struck silent by the angel. Maybe what God wanted Zechariah and Elizabeth to do was just lean in to to cut out all of the noise around them so that they could hear what God was saying, so that they could know what God was doing, so that their focus should could be sharper, so that they could become more aware of what was going on within them and more aware of what was going on around them. This is the season of Advent. Today is the first Sunday in Advent. Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means, as Reverend Martha shared with us in the children's sermon, coming. Um, And so Advent for us is a season where we are invited to prepare our minds and our hearts and our lives for the many ways that Christ comes. Now, the way that we practice best during this season is the way that Christ comes as a baby in a manger. But the one who came still comes today. And so Advent really is about preparing our hearts for all of the ways that God might come to us. It's been a crazy year. Uh, how are we going to prepare our hearts and our lives and our minds for the many ways that God would come to us in Advent 2020? Well, one of the ways that you might prepare your mind and heart for Advent would be to join us for our outdoor Candle lighting service. Uh, it's a way for those of you who aren't comfortable coming inside in closed quarters yet to still be a part of this special part of the season. We'll be outside. We'll be several feet apart. You, you can get as far away as you want to get. And, and you can still carve out this time to, to remember the light of the world, Jesus, that has come into the darkness of the world in which we live. That might be one way you prepare your hearts and minds this Advent. Another way to prepare your heart and mind for Advent would be to take the opportunity to help those that are less fortunate than ourselves. We've already talked about the Reeves Rogers essential gift bags where you could make a donation or or, or if you really, really wanted to go out and do it. I'm sure we could get you a list of things that you could put together. But but it's a way to give of our uh, uh, Greatness, uh, resources that we have to help someone else. Uh. When we do for the least of these, we've done it also for Jesus, Matthew says. Maybe that's a way that you would prepare your hearts and minds for Advent. Maybe you want to prepare your hearts and minds by joining one of the small groups. There's ones that meet throughout the week. We could help you find a, a small group experience that's meeting virtually that would fit your schedule. All you've got to do is just give us a call. Uh, Maybe that's the way you want to prepare your mind and your heart and your life. But maybe you need what Zechariah needed. Maybe you just need to carve out some silence. Somewhere. Sometime. Silence that would cause you to kind of lean in to the Lord. To listen attentively to what. He might be saying to you to sharpen your focus, to cut out all of the noise that's going on around you. And just for that brief time, pay attention to what's going on within you and around you and what God might be saying to you during this holy season. That's my prayer for us is that we would figure out what is it that we can do to prepare our hearts, our minds and our lives for the way that Jesus may be coming to us today.